Welcome to the Enviwa Podcast, a podcast produced by the Center for Global and Regional Environmental Research at the University of Iowa. Each month, we discuss environmental research, news, and initiatives that matter to Iowans. I'm your host this month, Jenna Ladd, and today we're speaking with Dr. Betsy Stone about the Iowa Climate Festival coming up on October 15th. All right, Betsy. Um, so first, I'll just have you tell me a little bit about yourself and kind of what you do here at the University of Iowa. Sure. Um, so my name is Betsy Stone, and I'm an associate professor here at the University of Iowa. I teach classes in the Department of Chemistry, um, mostly on analytical measurements. So how do we determine what types of materials make up matter and how much of those materials are there? I also conduct research on atmospheric chemistry, in particular particles in the air, and how we can use chemistry to understand where those particles come from and how they're transforming in the atmosphere. Wonderful, wonderful. So I guess first, just a brief description of the Iowa Climate Festival and kind of where did this start? Like, who were the major players in the beginning and and why did people think this was a good idea? So the Iowa Climate Festival is now in its third year. The first one was back in April of 2014. And this really started in response to an ACS, American Chemical Society, Climate Science Challenge. And so they reached out to local sections of the American Chemical Society and asked them to think of creative and new ways that we could engage the public in discussions and discourse about climate science. And so I wrote a proposal in response to that call um, on behalf of the local section that essentially involved using the expertise that we have here on campus and throughout the state of Iowa to communicate modern climate science. What do we know now? What are the main questions that remain? And how is it impacting us here in Iowa? And there's a lot of exciting research going on here within the state on those topics. Um, In particular, how does climate change impact agriculture, public health, and water sustainability? And so initially, um, this project was um, spurred by that climate science grant. But since then, we've also had a lot of um, buy-in from different groups on campus. So this year's event is sponsored, co-sponsored by the Department of Chemistry, the Office of Sustainability, as well as the Center for Global and Regional Environmental Research. Climate Festival will be held on October 15th, Mm -hmm. and it will be at the Museum of Natural History on the University of Iowa campus. And in particular, we'll be in the Biosphere Discovery Hub, which is on the third floor of the museum on the north end. So the symposium will be right there in the hub, and then following the symposium, we'll start the climate science fair in the bird room. Okay. And no registration, free of charge? That's or? right. Yeah, okay. You don't need to register, and all of these events are free and open to the public. Basically, the event um, involves a symposium that has outside speakers come in and share their expertise on climate science. And we then have a climate science fair that essentially brings out experiments that are interesting to a whole wide range of ages. But basically, they um, demonstrate different concepts of climate science from What is albedo or surface reflectivity and how does that affect climate? Um, What is a greenhouse gas and how does it warm the atmosphere? And how do particles in the air affect climate as well? And so we have a lot of really exciting hands-on experiments that people can explore and use to understand more about climate science after the symposium. Okay, cool. And from what I read online, that's kind of like a family-friendly part of the event. It is, yeah. A lot of these were developed with... um, elementary or middle schoolers in mind, but we've done these at a lot of different events and find that parents and adults get really excited about it too. 
And when I do these with my research group, so these are people who study chemistry and atmospheric chemistry in particular, they oftentimes learn new things as well. And so it's something that um, I think is interesting and brings up important concepts that are accessible and um, important to our climate that can be reached across very broad audiences. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think especially with chemistry, for a lot of people that can be overwhelming or, you know, just complicated. So do you find that climate science or activities like these and and climate change in general makes that more accessible to people? Yeah, absolutely. I think learning chemistry through experimentation is a great way to do it because you can see these phenomena before your very eyes. And then you start to believe and understand a little bit behind what causes things. Can you tell me more about this year's three featured presenters and kind of what they'll be talking about? Yeah, so the theme of the symposium this year is now that we have a growing consensus on climate science, where do we go from here? So this is really looking towards the future. Um, And we have three great speakers lined up. First off, we have uh, Professor Jerry Schnorr, who's in the Civil and Environmental Engineering Department at the University of Iowa, who attended the Conference of the Parties in Paris last December. So he'll be talking about the Paris Climate Agreement, his experience at that event, and also what that means as we start to move forward thinking internationally about climate issues. Our second presenter is Chris Anderson, who's the owner of SkyDoc LLC. And he'll be talking about how climate climate change is impacting us here in Iowa, and in particular, strategies for mitigating climate change, drawing upon our agricultural resources here in the state. And third, we have Brenda Nations, who's the the sustainability coordinator for the city of Iowa City. And she'll be talking about how we can develop more sustainable cities and live more sustainably. The Climate Science Fair will feature a number of different experiments. One of those is about what makes a gas a greenhouse gas, and so that's an opportunity to look at molecular structure and properties of gases in the atmosphere. We also have an experiment on the greenhouse effect that actually shows how different gases can warm up the air. We talk about cloud formation and the influence that particles can have on clouds through a cloud in a bottle experiment. So we actually make clouds in a bottle in the middle of the museum, and there's a great opportunity for audience participation in that. In addition, we have an experiment on albedo, which is about the Earth's surface and how that can affect the Earth's climate and what that changes to that albedo can mean for polar ice. We also have a really fun experiment on ocean acidification that demonstrates some of the properties of acids and bases, and in particular, how acidic solutions can change the solubility of different substances, in particular shells that are found on marine organisms. We have a an ice cream social that's a lot of fun. And so Gertie's um, here in Coralville actually caters that event. And so that's an opportunity to just stand around and talk a little bit more with our presenters and other climate scientists and ask any other questions that you might have about climate science. How many people are you expecting? Um, in the past two years, we've had about 200 people come to oh, the wow. event. And so um, we're hoping for a good turnout again this year. Mm-hmm, certainly. So the first time I remember learning about chemistry like explicitly, it was probably not until seventh or eighth grade, I would say. Do you, do you think it should be taught earlier when you see the interest that these kids have in very chemistry oriented experiments? Um, Do you think it would be beneficial to start that earlier or kind of what's your opinion about that? Well, I, I think that the next generation science standards are going to bring about a lot of changes to the way that science is taught. Um, And in particular, one thing I've been really excited about is the stronger emphasis on earth science. Mm -hmm. And I do think that chemistry will play a role in that, even at younger ages. And so I do expect people to get exposed to that earlier in life. 
In what ways does the Climate Festival relate to your work as a faculty member and a researcher at the University of Iowa? So my research is about particles in the air, and in particular, we're trying to understand more about the chemical composition and how that relates to its physical properties. And in particular, we're interested in understanding how those particles can seed clouds and change cloud formation. And that is very much linked into this question of climate change, and that's one of the major uncertainties that remains in climate models that um, are challenging our ability to predict what climate will be like in the future, as well as to reconstruct previous um, estimates of how much those clouds affect the radiative balance of the Earth. And so um, in that, I've been talking about climate change kind of from the perspective of not just that particular focus, but more broadly, what are all of the other things that are affecting our climate as well, and how are they changing in response to human influence? Um, and so I would say that this Climate Science Challenge grant that really spurred the Iowa Climate Festival three years ago um, has been a bit of a catalyst for getting me to talk more about climate change and the scientific basis behind it to the public. Um, and so it's part of a broader impact that I hope to bring to my research to be able to teach people more about what's going on and what we can do to start to make a difference on this big challenge. So I draw a lot of the, the science behind um, climate change in my presentations from the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change. And so they put out a synthesis report every couple of years. The most recent one was in 2014. Um, but it's a lot of really up-to-date climate science information that's been vetted and evaluated by hundreds of scientists. And so it's peer-reviewed, it's very reliable, and they do an excellent job of putting together tables and figures to illustrate their concepts. And they also go a step farther and in addition to their technical summary, they also put together a summary for policymakers, which is kind of taking it another step to make it more accessible to people who are non-scientists. I hope we have a great turnout, so please come to the Climate Festival. It should be a lot of fun. All right, so the Climate Festival on October 15th in the Museum of Natural History, this Saturday from 2 to 5, correct? That's right. Okay, no registration, and it's free of charge, family-friendly. Thank you so much, Betsy. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for checking out episode two of Inviowa. We had music today from David Seste. Please also check out our blog at iowaenvironmentalfocus.org where we cover environmental research and news every day of the week or reach out to us on our Facebook and Twitter pages. Thank you so much for listening. From the UI Center for Global and Regional Environmental Research, I'm Jenna Ladd.